Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Lucky team. <laughs> Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a great question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics and the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits includes roundtable regulars, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Good to be here. Um, and uh, on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Good morning, Henry. Good morning. And last but not least, joining the roundtable, always fun when uh, Jan Worth Nelson uh, from East Village Magazine, uh, consulting editor, can join us. Good morning, Jan. Good morning. How are you? How's everybody doing today? Doing okay. Good morning, Jan. Good. Thank you. Doing okay, Jan. And I'm. Uh, did you finish your breakfast? Yes, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> That's what got me through the pandemic. I, I, I know what you mean. Um, and interestingly, Jan uh, and I were emailing back and forth uh, yesterday, I believe, or maybe day before. And um, she asked me about whether or not I had gotten the uh, vaccine yet. And... I hadn't, and I'd been holding off, thinking, well, I'm going to wait till the line goes down, you know, till there's less, you know, th- make sure that the people who really need it the most are all vaccinated first and so on. And, and uh, 
Paul and Henry probably remember last week when Mark Everson was talking about his son who was saying the same things to him and what he said to talk him into, you know, getting his vaccine right away. And I immediately went out and signed up. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. He talked me into it. Um, But, uh, I mean, I was always planning to get the vaccine. I was just holding off till toward the end of the... I was struck how how quickly it went. I mean, we signed up at Myers a while back, and uh, with very little delay, they responded, and we got in and out of there with 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 very little trouble. So I I was I give them great credit for how efficiently they ran their their operation. I agree. I I did the same thing that Paul did, and Ted and I got our um, Pfizer. We were proud to get the Michigan. We think that we call that the Michigan. Uh, vaccine. <laughs> ah, very good. So, Tom, you have to hurry up because uh, all of us old geezers that have already gotten our shots are waiting to have you come and join us in person. I I know, and I'm uh, and I'm looking forward to that too. That was another thing Jan and I talked about when we could all sit around the round table in person and and have this discussion. And I would like to, you know, take the show back on the road. In fact, it was just a year ago. Um, yeah, this is the one-year anniversary of the shutdown, isn't it? it well, yeah. it's the the it's today is actually the one-year anniversary of the first announced case of COVID in Michigan. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I wow. think the shutdown actually happened tomorrow. I I'm not exactly sure on that timeline, but I knew do know. Yeah, that I've heard. You're right. I heard those two days myself. Whether it was today or tomorrow, but I know it's it's within a day or two that this is a. One year we've been at this thing for a, for a year now. It's, it's it's an odd feeling. I've told a number of people that uh, you know I had already started doing the show from home when the shutdown happened, and you know gladly I haven't been as inconvenienced as a lot of people have because I was already planning to work from home. So you know it it was just doing what i was expecting to do except for one aspect and that's armchair politics i had set up a schedule for about 6 weeks of locations and i was i was planning to start exactly a year ago today to start doing the show <coughs> from various locations starting in lansing and you know had one planned for birch run and you know some other spots and, um, of course, had to cancel that immediately. And, 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 and I want to take this opportunity to thank um, both of you, Paul and Henry, um, for sticking with this and, and doing this phone version, but also for the others who sat in with us, like, like Jan and uh, Woodrow Stanley and Mark Everson and Art Woodson and Dane Walling and Bobby uh, Walton, all of these these other people that sit in from time to time, and um, you know for for keeping this going because I I think we've with your help I think we've done a great job um, keeping the spirit of the round table alive. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. We appreciate yeah. that. We think a lot of you too. Yeah. This is. I'm so glad we kept it. I'm yeah. so glad we kept it going. 
Well, as uh, as is uh, always the case, we start out with some quotes, and, and the first one is always finish the quote, where I ask you, how would you finish this quote? And it goes like this, with an Irishman's gift of humor and a fierce heart for the average working person, he wasn't one to back down, whether it was wrangling with the utility companies, or how would you finish that quote? Or his own party. Can you say that? You say that again. With with an with an Irishman's gift of humor and a fierce heart for the average working person, he wasn't one to back down. Whether it was wrangling with the utility companies or, how would you finish this quote? Mm -hmm. With the Republicans. Well, that. That works too, Henry. Um, but here's here's the original quote. I know who you're talking about. Price got be Frank yeah, Kelly, okay. right? <laughs> that's yeah. that's who the quote is about. With an Irishman's yeah. gift of humor and a fierce heart for the average working person, he wasn't one to back down. Whether it was wrangling with the utility companies or corrupt officials. Oh, good. That was, good. That was really great. That was yeah. the original yeah. quote. You know who said that? Uh, yeah, Frank Kelly, the Attorney General. No, it was about Frank Kelly, uh, no. Henry. Oh, 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 it was about Frank. Uh, um, he's got to be another Irishman. Oh, let me think. Uh, Governor Whitmer. No, no, the Governor Granholm. Governor Granholm. You got it. You got it. It was former yeah, okay. Michigan Governor Jennifer Granholm, who is now U.S. Energy Secretary, yeah. and who succeeded Frank Kelly as Michigan Attorney General. That's yeah. right. That's right. Said Kelly mm-hmm. was her first political mentor in state government. Frank Kelly, Michigan's quote eternal general unquote, who's, <laughs> yeah. who's thirty-seven years in office made him the longest-serving Attorney General in Michigan history. And he uh, just died this past week at age 96, uh, well, late Friday night at an assisted living home in uh, Naples, Florida, where he had moved in 2020. He had been ill for some time, his family said in a news release. Kelly's death was due to natural causes and not related to COVID-19, said family spokesman and former Attorney General's office spokesman, Chris DeWitt. Um Anyway, I, I I thought it would be nice to to start out with uh, that quote from Jennifer Granholm about her former mentor, uh, the late uh, Eternal General Frank Kelly. And, and you know now now with term limits, nobody's even going to come close to surpassing that record of his. No, and I wonder how yeah. I wonder how that record stands up to Attorney General's offices in other states. Um, I, I suspect question. he's got to be pretty high on the list. I would think so. For longest so. serving. Yeah. Well, sometimes they, in the southern states, they can keep them for many, many years because they are so... Well, Louisiana's only black. had one, probably. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Huey Long. laughs> Yeah. Anyway, here's, here's uh, uh, one of the quotes this week, and there were several, but uh, there were a couple that, that caught my attention. Um I will not be endorsing under any circumstances the failed candidate from the great state of Alaska, Ah. Lisa Murkowski. She represents Uh, President Trump. She represents her state badly and her country Mm. even worse. I do not know where other people will be next year, but I know where I will be in Alaska campaigning against a disloyal (laughs) and very bad senator. 
<laughs> and as as everyone uh, guessed, it was uh, former President Donald Trump. He said this Saturday that he plans to campaign against GOP Senator Lisa Murkowski in Alaska next year when she's up for re-election, intensifying his pledges to oppose GOP lawmakers who have bucked him. Um, uh, so I can't imagine him going to Alaska. I, you know, I can't either, but he didn't exactly march down to the Capitol either. That's what I'm That's saying. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but who were some of the others that he might take on? Uh, well, um, you mean it's that he won't campaign the for the from uh, uh, Liz, Utah. Liz, Cheney, Liz Cheney, of course, would be one of them on the list, yeah, for sure. Liz Cheney. And, uh, well, the, the, guy, the uh, kid from how about our boy from Michigan? Yeah, um, Meyer. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Meyer, that's true. Uh, would be one. And also uh, Romney. Romney. How about Kinzinger? I think he hates Kinzinger. Well, that ties. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's a possibility too, Jan. That, yeah, that ties right into the uh, to the other quote that caught my attention. It was: "It could be a kamikaze mission, but it could be the thing that saves the Republican Party." Uh-huh. Was that Adam Kinzinger? It was indeed. Um, he wants to save the Republican Party from Donald Trump. His first challenge, convincing the party it needs to be saved. That, I think, is the question, said Kinzinger, who is beginning his sixth term as an Illinois congressman. If it doesn't want to be changed, that's a decisions Republican or decision Republicans get to make. If that's the case long term, I think we will lose elections and we'll be a regional party that won't compete on the national stage. Um, are, are these remarks and, and Kinzinger's efforts a kamikaze mission? Uh, well, he's got his think, work Harry? cut out for him. I think, uh, I don't know what he can, there's not enough of him, if you, I mean, if, yeah. you, if you're rooting for a kamikaze yeah. mission, uh, yeah. I don't know if... And did the kamikazes do it one at a time, or was there a bunch of them? I forget how that works. I think there were times when there were more than more than one, but I mean, they were, in the end, they weren't successful. But I, I'm still in, still struck by how, how much control Trump has got over the party. Uh, and... <clears throat> And I still wonder whether or not there'll be a breakaway third party of some kind, whether it's a Trump party or whether it's going to be a traditional Republican party that'll break away. I'm not sure how the break may take place, but I, I, I still see that division in the Republican party in some way. You know, nobody, no one single person can predict the outcome of what's going to go on with the Republican party. There's just right. too many parameters to measure. It seems and complicated, besides, doesn't it? Yes, it is. It's very complicated. You can make these uh, assertions and assumptions, but everybody is not thinking the way you are. For example, they don't know how I think and what I believe. You know. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know what I believe yet. There's not enough cards on the table to see any picture of well, based wow. possible outcome. Based on former huh. President Donald Trump's uh, statements and, and recent actions, we're going to be talking about this some more a little bit later in the show, but we have to take mm -hmm. a break here. Um, 
If you're listening to us at 92.1 FM, our voices radio in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the uh, Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse, we'll be right back. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. 
Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Armchair Politics continues now with uh, our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Janworth Nelson. And um, we were, uh, just before the break, we were talking about uh, Adam Kissinger, but we'll bring things closer to home. Um, I'm tempted to, well, I'll I'll go ahead and do this first. I was going to talk about the uh, city council seats and the people who have uh, announced that they're running. Uh, But we'll get to that in just a moment. i got to, you know, uh, Paul always uh, sends me an email on uh, Tuesdays with a few bullet points about things we might talk about, and usually we're pretty much on the same page. There was an item on Paul's list about Monday night city council meeting that it was long and accomplished very little. And um, I got an email this morning, a press release from the mayor's office. Um, Basically, the headline says, City Council's failure to act jeopardizes completion of Flint service line replacement. Um, Yeah, that was press release, wasn't it, from uh, the mayor's Yeah, I just saw it. Just this morning, within the last uh, couple hours. Um, And and I'll I'll go ahead and, and bring up another quote. Um, All we want is for Flint City Council to do what is in the best interest of the residents of the city of Flint. Instead, we are seeing obstructionists who attempt to sideline every issue before them. Petty politics has no place here when lives are at risk. People have been through so much for so long, we need to get this project completed. That was uh, Mayor Sheldon Neely speaking. what about that? Um, there are people who, like Art Woodson, who strongly oppose continuing contracts with Row Engineering, as they are one of the people named in the uh, lawsuit, or one of the companies named in that class action lawsuit, and they're participating in the settlement. Um, and and then, of course, there are people who say, you know, come on, get on with it, get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's what, I think there's like 500, house, 500 homes left to do was, was the number I believe I saw. Yeah, out of roughly 30,000. Right. Hey, that's yeah, related. I know. 1,800 service lines. Of those, 9,200 were lead or galvanized steel. Uh, well, what I know about row engineering is kind of uh, sad to see the city not work with a reputable, long-lasting uh engineering company that has proved its worth for years and years. And they're good at what they do. They maintain a good reputation. Uh, They were one of my contractors when I was at General Motors Corporation. And so I really uh, consider them uh, part of of um, of the public that's a good citizen. 
You know, I wasn't clear about the reason for delay. Was it was it the issue Roe itself, or was the were they squabbling about the price that Roe? I think was five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not price. sure about that, Paul. It it um, they've been doing work, and and this was yeah. Uh, my understanding was this was simply just a renewal of of an existing contract to uh, complete work that wasn't done yet. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't know. And of course, I you know I can't help because of my warped sense for humor. Um, I can't. I can't forget the time that the front of their building fell down the morning of the crim. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just before the uh, the, uh, the crim race, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. It was the morning of the crim race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do recall that. Yeah. But it was in in stages of construction, right? It was yeah. They were they were they were combining they were combining Mott Foundation building, right? It was across the street um, and and down the street a little bit, and they were combining two buildings, and they were taking advantage (laughs) of uh, I think some federal (laughs) and maybe some local grant money to redo the facade, and it was the facade that collapsed. It, yeah. it, it was, fell it out probably, into Saginaw you know, there's, there's this cause and effect. Maybe the federal government didn't send enough money, so they, <laughs> they got what they paid for. <laughs> there's, there's always a way to, to blame the feds. But, I'm looking at those kind of about um, city council's discussion on this. And it looks like Eric Mays's point was he thought the state should chip in more. He says we need to ask the state for more money uh, so instead of. It seems like that was the one of the arguments that Mays was making. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I know I'm trying to figure out why it's being held up. I mean, in in that in the in the city council, but it doesn't s- always make sense in any way why things are being held up and this is really it it um opens up a a whole can of worms because millions and millions of dollars have been sent to flint from the state from the federal government from individual contributions and foundations you know to do this work so is this the city coming up with the money or is this the city allocating money and is it being used as an excuse to get more money well there was an attorney that was accused of uh, uh, making claims um, that had uh, were outside the purview of what the state and others had agreed upon and he had to rescind all of that you know, I'm wondering with with only 500 homes left to do, though, is just this kind of a, almost a symbolic way of either sticking it to row or making one last pitch to the state. I mean, with, we're almost there. I mean, you take a look at all the homes that have been done. It's uh, what what percentage are we talking about that's left anymore? Five percent? Yeah. How much? Yeah. And would it cost 500,000 to do those 500? My my sense is that row. According again, I'm going to buy Travis's story. Um, it looks like Roe has been badgering, uh, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but it's been contacting uh, Eric Mays, is what he said, wondering where their money is, kind of. 
and uh, it looks like this, like maybe the city's a little behind on what they owe Roe or something. I, it's a little oh. hard to t- Hmm. Well, in, interestingly, uh, you know, you raised the uh, the question, Jan, um, is 500000 a lot for 500 more homes? But when you break that down, $1,000 a piece for that kind of work doesn't seem over yeah, the top. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. pretty incredible, yeah. actually. Um, it, it says, uh, I'm just looking at the story. So who knows? I mean... Who knows? I mean, the question of who's behaving in a competent way is always under <laughs> under the microscope here. It's hard to find who's really being competent in their delivery of the work and, and so on. Um, I mean, have there been accusations that Roe has been um, incompetent in some in any way, or has there been any malfeasance along the way? Or I mean, what, on what basis? I wonder. In in a, in an abstract way in conjunction with decisions and actions that were taken or not taken during and after the switch of Flint's water to the Flint River and, and the subsequent treatment failures. Right. There, there, Roe was implicated in some of that stuff. Exactly. And yeah, that's, and that's where... So maybe I, I, is it a way just to, to stick it to Roe because they're part of the lawsuit in some way? It, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Flint, but it's go of ahead, our Jan. city that none of us who keep pretty close tabs on this stuff can actually figure out what's going on. I mean, I just think that's so typical of our city. <laughs> True. Yeah. Well, there are some people that want to end the lawsuit, and others want to keep it going because they don't have anything else to do with members of the city council. they got to get past that so that they can look for other ways to improve uh the conditions of uh of the city's housing and uh create jobs and bring new people in to revise public education there's so much work that they could be doing rather than focusing on something that that they can never solve there's not enough money to give everybody the money that they want and the bottom line is henry they had they had a 6 hour plus meeting that still didn't decide anything Well, Flint voters showed Kerry Nelson and Wantwas Davis the door from Flint City Council Chambers in 2017, but both are making a bid to get back in. Davis and Nelson are among 38 candidates who had signed up for nominating petitions as of last Thursday, and there are still nearly 50 days before the April 20th filing deadline. The city council primary election is scheduled to be held August 3rd with the two top vote-getters from each ward facing each other in the November 2nd general election. Here are the candidates listed in the order they requested petitions as of Thursday in each ward. Ward 1, Linda Anthony and Rodney Thomas want to take on incumbent Eric Mays, who had not taken out petitions as of last Thursday. Mm. Any any thoughts on uh, um, on on that race? Well, I'll tell you, the first... Eric, go, need to, go ahead. In my view, the first ward people need to think about um, who's representing them. I, I think Eric Mays is smart, and often makes good points, but the obstructionism that happens, partly because of how he runs his part of it, uh, is quite serious, I think. Yeah. So I, I don't know who, 
Do you know either of those two people, any of you? I don't. I don't know the other two. No, I don't. I, I, I'm kind of wondering, does the fact that Eric hasn't taken out petitions mean anything, or is he just waiting for the last minute? I'm, I'm really surprised to hear that. I think he's waiting for the last minute. And he he's probably, so I, mean, I can't imagine, that, he's, couldn't that imagine he's not going to run. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think the perplexing thing about the first ward is, uh, to all reports, Eric Mays does a fantastic job of representing yeah. individuals who have problems in his ward. Yeah, he's and great yeah, with constituent services. services. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he gets things done for his constituents. But the way that things happen in the meeting where there's a larger need to pursue action, um, you know, it's just, it, it's really frustrating. And, and I, you know, I think, goes, I was going to say, I, I think in the last election that, that Eric, except for Eva, for Eva Worthing, who was unopposed essentially, I think Eric Mays won by the largest margin of all the other nine council yeah. members. And, you know, like Tom Travis, uh, just out of curiosity, went to at least one first ward town, uh, meeting that Eric Mays called, and he said, it's amazing, the uh, the energy and enthusiasm, <clears throat> the commitment that Eric Mays offers yeah. to his constituents. Uh, you know, it's like a revival meeting in there. And um, so it's it's not surprising that he gets elected and reelected it's just that you have to work with the whole council at some point to try to get things done, and yeah. everybody, you know, for everybody. Eric Mays is a very, very smart man, and I like yeah. Eric Mays, and there are many people here in my area that likes him. They've never yeah. met him, but they've never seen him, but they just like his kind of attitude. But what Eric Mays lacks is the ability to lead Right. He he can he can point out problems and he can propose solutions, but he can't lead. And leadership requires that you bring people together for common cause to solve a problem. It's such and an I interesting. See that in Eric. It's such an interesting split with him because he is tremendous with constituent services. He is very bright and talented, but yet he doesn't consider himself part of the council it's it's eric against the group yeah he enjoys being the outsider yeah it's it's like his role from when he used to show up at at city council meetings and and get up and and uh challenge (laughs) their their authority and their decisions from the uh you know from the gallery it's like his role hasn't changed at the meetings. Yeah, Tom, you, you, used, you used to have a line that you said once he got to the adult table, he, his behavior would change, but it appears not to have. But, cause, yeah, because he enjoys being the outsider and the, the, the voice of opposition, but uh, once he got on the council, it was still the same overall behavior. And I, I think the reality is he's all but certain to win re-election in that ward, I would think. Uh, I I imagine in Ward 2... In Ward 2, there are several people running. That's the seat held by incumbent Maurice Davis. And those that took out uh, petitions include uh, Theron Young, Wendell Jackson, incumbent Maurice Davis, uh, Tiona McIntyre, Arthur Woodson, Audrey Young, Elizabeth Jenkins, (laughs) and uh, Liddell Lewis. Wow, what a list. Uh, and, and again, I'll say that, you know, there are more and less in some of these wards, um, but there's still a long ways to go before the uh, petitions are due back in. So that, that number, even yeah. that number could grow. But how, how secure is Maurice Davis in his position, and uh, is, is Arthur Woodson 
a credible threat. I think Woodson could be a serious threat there. I, the one thing I wonder is I wonder about Davis's support of Trump, whether that's going to play be a factor or not. Uh, Henry, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I have some thoughts on it. Of course, I anticipate um, Maurice Toulouse because I think that many other people, there's a lot of blind rage, and people are not thinking through anything. All you got to hmm. do is put up a flag that says Trump, and then they begin to move in that direction like termites and uh, <laughs> without a thought and, and yeah. without uh, any focus on what they plan to do to help the city encounter and solve its problems. They just have no idea. But all yeah. they know is they're the anti-Trump, which is a dangerous position for people in black uh, districts to do because you're putting people there just like the people you have now have no solutions. You gotta put away those politics and and yeah. try to think about what you do for people. Yeah, so well stated. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy to knock things down, but you know, then what? Mm-hmm. Um, in Ward Three, now this is an interesting one because this is the open seat. Santino Guerra has announced he's not running for re-election, um, and the candidates so far in Ward Three. Uh, again, as of last Thursday, Richard Jones, Quincy Murphy, A.C. Huh. Dumas, and Carrie mm-hmm. Nelson. Ah, oh. interesting. Well-known names there. That's a group. That is wow. a group. Yeah, that is. Any, any, hmm. uh, if, if it remains those four until the, uh, uh, and, and they're all certified candidates in the primary, um, any thoughts on the top two? Uh, Carrie Nelson was an interesting head of the city council when he was there. I kind of, I I was covering the city council back then somewhat, and uh, he was, he was reasonable and calm, but often just didn't allow things to get done. You know what I mean? Uh, A little too calm in some cases. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quincy Murphy's had a pretty good history of neighborhood activism in that area, and he's certainly, like certainly well known. Yeah, yeah, the hardworking so I, guy for the community. Yeah, as far as I know, we, yes, when we were doing a thing, a, a, an outreach program on the North End, Quincy was part of the program for a while. So we worked with him for a while, but through Mott. And, Does uh, anybody yeah, know up there? I'm sorry. Does anybody know if he's popular up there? He's certainly a well-known name yeah, yeah I, I think he is um and uh while i i hesitate to say this is that he's related to my cousin and uh I, and i hope that that i don't endanger his ability to <laughs> run <and> win. But, <laughs> uh, but he is a good guy he's hard working he yeah. believes in the yeah. community he believes in serving other people and he tries to be fair and his judgment and, you know, my impression of Quincy Murphy is that he is um, often the professional in the room. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a good phrase, yeah. You know, he, he constantly acts with a great deal of professionalism. And, um, yes, he does. And, and he has a, a, a really fine comportment. Um, so it's that's definitely going to be an interesting race. If we move on to... Uh, Ward 4, Michael Doan, and Adam Ford. 
have mm. taken out petitions, as has incumbent Kate Fields. That ought to be a, really a good race, because for the first time, it's interesting to see a two-party system exist in that ward. And, uh, and you're talking about so Adam Ford, see, who is, has run yeah, for several so that offices. People can see, yeah, so that people can see both sides of the issue and vote accordingly. But otherwise, just one person, you can throw anybody out there in, in, in the wards where there's no challenges. And either one is just as good as the other. Well, Adam Ford has, has been in... In many ways, the sacrificial Republican in a number of races around the yeah, area. Yeah, he's, he's a well-known well Republican. Yes, it's a sacrificial lamb. Michael, Michael Doan is uh, pretty well-known. Um, and, and I guess the question then becomes, Kate Fields is, um, of course, currently the uh, president of the council and, and has had um, a big voice on the council. But yes, how, yes. how is she thought of? With her constituents and and the ward, any anybody have any thoughts on that? I I really don't know personally about how how well she responds one way or the other. I just don't. I mean, as you say, I think she's certainly well known, and and also she in most cases uh, make uh, plausible decisions that are not lightning rod, you know, you know, type of things. Uh, but she does. She will stand up and state her position and uh, uh, with authority and with respect. And as a well-known incumbent, I'd, I'd, I'd give her the edge in, in a race like that, I think. But, yeah. uh, She's a very good researcher. Um, that's she, true. She does good at looking up uh, you know, and knowing sort of the factual background. Uh, personally, she's rather provocative at the meetings, it seems. Uh, <laughs> And is and is part of the sort of mutual uh, insult machine that gets flung around, and that seems to be kind of con- uh, um, that seems to be kind of obstructive. Yeah, but, uh, my my point was that she doesn't let uh, the distribution of between men and women and between cultures get in her way. If she has something to say, she says it in a way. Yeah, that I think yeah. I was going to say, I think Jan, Jan's right about her research. Didn't 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 Kate uh, teach either public administration or urban government courses of some kind at, at U of M? Yeah, uh, I think I, she I, might still be. I think she might still be teaching there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she knows her stuff, and it offends her when people don't know what they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I I in some ways I I don't know if I'm glad Woodrow isn't here or if I'm wishing he was, because he has strong feelings about Kate Fields. <laughs> yes. As, as, as Paul and Henry know, for sure. Um, yeah. I'm going to try and squeeze one more. we got about a minute before we go to break, and then we'll come back and finish up the, the uh, different wards. But um, Jerry Winfrey Carter, the incumbent in Ward 5, is being challenged by Eric Nunley, Joseph Sapani, and Wantwas Davis. Huh. Chapani, uh he's the uh, murals guy. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. I was surprised to see his name, and um, and, and I'm fascinated that uh, Wantwas wants to get back in, and he's a pretty yeah, good campaigner. Yeah, he really is. I, I, 
he, he may be a formidable formidable campaigner in that in that ward. And and he's uh, sat in that chair before when he was on the council. Right. Right. Yeah. I think Jerry Wayne Carter has tried really hard to be a good responsible grown-up on the council. I, uh, from what I've read well, and observed. She, she would, or Charles Winfrey would get after her. We, we, we've <laughs> got to take a short break. Yeah. We'll be back with more Armchair Politics Hello there, right citizens. after this. Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila, tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, 
table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! From the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now with Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki, Henry Hatter, and uh, joining us uh, this week, we have Jan Worth Nelson. Uh, let's see. Uh, before the break, uh, welcome back, everybody, by the way. Yep, good uh, to be here. Thank you. We, we had just left off uh, before the break. We were talking about the uh, candidates that have announced they're running for uh, the nine wards of the Flint City Council, and we got up to uh, Ward 5. Uh, with Jerry Winfrey Carter as the incumbent. She has taken out petitions. And uh, Eric Nunley, Joseph Chapani, and uh, Wantez Davis have uh, all taken out petitions uh, for that August primary. Um, and and what about that? Is, um, we, we just kind of left off with a discussion of that. Any final thoughts on Ward 5 before we move on to Ward 6? I have one. Uh, that's very quickly. That's a very that's a very interesting ward. There's a lot of interesting things going on there. It's very diverse. Um, there's that that includes Carriagetown, I think, doesn't it? I ward think so. Hen- no, Henry, so. Henry, Henry, what were you gonna add? Well, um, first of all, there's some culture with that Winfrey candidate, and there are expectations. For her dad, for her, um, and for herself, uh, to uh, guide themselves, because the yeah. public has nothing but respect and admiration for what has been achieved by yeah. the Wintry family, and yeah. so there ought to be a culture that's close to being honest uh, and uh, working in the special interest of the people in that ward. They, uh-huh. with surveys, through surveys and the science and all of that, that they get it right the first time. So I have nothing but uh, admiration for this young woman that's returning. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's my impression, too, Henry, that she's been doing a really good job. She's a, she's a grown-up. Uh, yeah. And, I, I, you know, I'm thinking here, too, for a primary election, which is likely to be a low-turnout election, if you have a number of either family, friends, and close supporters that you can mobilize, that's often enough to get you into the first two, at least for that for that election. So, so some of the more well-known names have got a built-in advantage for the the nature of our, our typical primary elections here. Yeah, I think it's interesting that Joe Chapani. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. I'm never sure, but um, 
is running for council because he's had, you know, a strong. He's taken a strong role in the murals project and the arts in that in that ward that's had an effect on the whole city. But it almost feels like if Jerry Winfrey Carter is doing a good job, uh, he might be better served by supporting her than trying to interfere with with her candidacy or you know compete with her candidacy. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm speaking absolutely personally here. Uh, just a thought. Well, I don't know if he has any you know gripes against her or something, but sometimes it's better to just back the to be an ally of somebody who's already doing a good job than trying to compete against him. Is my just off the top of my head view. Well, let's move I on. That. Let's move on to Ward Six. Um, in Ward Six, uh, the people that have taken out. Uh, petitions as of last Thursday again they have till what is it the middle of April I think April 14th or something um, to uh, get petitions to to get petitions and, and get them signed um, I think they have to have uh, 75 signatures or something uh, from people in their ward um, to get on the ballot uh, for the for the primary, and the ones that have taken out petitions since last Thursday, Leonard Fox, Chris Del Marone, or is oh, yeah. or is that Del Marone? Yeah, well, he, well he's sure. a well-known member of the council. He's there all the time for the council meetings. Um, yeah, yeah. Teray King Jr., Claudia Perkins Milton. Oh yeah. Leslie Haney, uh, Jalen T. Cheney. Um, <coughs> Deltonia Burns, uh, incumbent Herb Winfrey, had not taken out petitions as of last Thursday. Um, and that doesn't mean, you know, that he's not going to, you know, there's still lots of time, but he just hadn't as of last Thursday. Um, there's some names we've seen before, for sure, oh, yeah. on that list. Yeah. And quite a few. Um, what yeah, I, mean, I mean, Chris Chris Del Marone is on a number of boards around the around the area, and he's a, he's a very regular attender of council meetings, an activist in a lot of things. I, I he's run before, and I don't think he's been successful much in the past. But uh, he's certainly a well known name. Claudia Perkins Milton, somewhat similarly, I think she's run before for a number of things. Well, she ran she ran against uh, uh, Cynthia Neely. Uh, that's right for uh, that's right. a state that's house right. seat. Uh, yeah, I knew I knew that name from somewhere. Yeah, and I'm looking at the list here. Is that Deltanya Burns? Is that the same woman who ran for mayor a while back? Yes. Uh, there was a Burns. So is that the, I yep. think it's the same person. Is it Deltanya? Uh, Deltanya. That's yeah. That's Del-Tanya her full Burns. name, but but she often uh, um, goes by Tanya. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Tanya yeah, I, Burns. I mm-hmm. recall meeting her at some 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 event. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's a, in a way, it's a good sign that there's this much interest in these positions. Um, I expected there to be a lot in the open seat. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm surprised at at the number in a couple of uh, wards, um, both <coughs> the ones that have a lot and the ones that don't have very many. You know, I, well, you know, I, I think. I think the, go ahead, Henry. I was going to say well, I, I think I, the, the turmoil in the council and has two effects. On one hand, it may encourage folks to run to replace somebody who's already there; they're dissatisfied with. 
but it may also uh, discourage people from wanting to get involved in that uh, uh, that contentious mess. So I, I, it can cut both ways, I think. Yeah, it really can. I mean, sometimes when you hear what's going on in the city council, you just want to throw up your hands. And I was saying to yeah. Tom Travis the other day, it's like, I just feel so discouraged as a citizen, like that, you know, the way that things happen there. Now that I'm not uh, covering them anymore, and I'm sort of in the periphery ed- editorial at East Village Magazine, I, I I think about them and I think, how can this city even keep going with the you know the shenanigans that go on there? We need good leadership. So the idea that people would actually be paying attention and and feeling enough whatever they're feeling to want to go in there and get involved, I think is a really interesting thing. It, there's still a democratic energy there. It seems like, yeah. but I don't mean I mean small d democratic. Oh, huh. I, I told I told hope. Mark Everson last week when when he was on the show because he's much better with national politics. Uh, when I brought up stuff about the city council that we were doing it for Mark's entertainment. <laughs> but I mean, uh, it's serious. I know it, it. It's it's so easy to make fun of these guys because they're nincompoops half the time. The way they act. But, I mean, this whole city has been through so much. Uh, you know, I've lived here since 1981. I, need a, I would like to have a city government that works well. <laughs> it would be refreshing. And a lot rests on it, you know. Uh, so it's just, it's just so embarrassing sometimes. That, and, and there are real consequences to poor decision-making, you know. When I, just a quick example. When I was uh, during that really cold spell we had a couple weeks ago, it's a small example, but, you know, I've been walking three miles a day all the way through the pandemic to kind of keep my sanity. And it took, it took the city so long to get the streets clean during that that I, could, I couldn't walk where I usually want to walk because every street was filled with snow, you know. And, I mean, that's a small example. It's not life-threatening by any means, but it was just irritating after a while. It's like, why can't we just give basic services to people? Uh, that's reliable. I, I don't know. I'm just that's a, that's that's not a life-threatening example, but that was one of those things. It just reminded it was a reminder again that this city has some issues. You know. You know, it, it's it's sad to look at the city of Flint from a different uh, from my perspective. Now, sometimes you have to divide it into what it really is. It's racially divided. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. see. Most white candidates have a source of authority from which they receive directions from. It used to be in the city, it was the unions. You had to follow the guidelines right, of unions right, yeah. to be, get endorsed. Yeah. And yeah. they kind of kept everybody in line, and you don't have all of this straight conversation going on. And for the Republicans, it was a city club, and it was the high donors who kept control of how the party, uh, its expectations and its uh, demands and so on and so forth. But now in the black community, we don't have a single source of authority because nobody works with anybody else. You know, well, they were the concerned everybody. pastors for the black community for the longest time. They, they don't do it. I mean, so, so many of those institutions yeah. have fallen by the wayside. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. That is a really <laughs> interesting point. Are the concerned pastors less... They have been quite quiet lately. Yeah, they don't. They don't, They have not created. Uh, they failed to tell schools what they expect 
the kid in first grade today to know but the fifth grade. Some stuff close to the ground. They have not organized in such a way to influence younger generations. They, uh-huh. they have failed at helping to control uh, crime and what we think. They'll have, a, they'll have a display of exuberance for a moment, and then that disappears. So nothing's left. Well, Henry, we, so we don't. Hen- Henry, we yeah. have to put a pause here. Um, we're going to okay. pause for uh, top of the hour yeah. ID, and we'll roll over into the uh, second half of armchair politics, and we'll finish up the uh, final three wards for the Flint City Council race okay. before moving on to uh, some affairs of state and uh, and of course some of the national news and coming up toward the end of the show, uh, the uh, coveted X Files. We'll be back with more. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.